Hey everybody, welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April, and as always, I'm looking for my good friend Seth Robinson to kick off 2023 with me. Seth. Yeah, happy new year. How are you doing? I, uh, I'm good. You know, all new, all refreshed. All yeah, all the problems of last year are gone away. We've got um, a functional government running right now. So. Yep, exactly. Uh, couldn't be better. No, you know, I, I, I had a nice break, so uh, no complaints there. Um, nice holidays with the family, some rest, some combination of rest and activity, which is what I like, um, and uh, kind of ready to, to see what's going to happen this year, which is going to be an interesting one, I think. So how was your break? Yeah, it was good. Mine was pretty much all rest. I had very little activity, which is... Um, I don't know if it's exactly the way I like it. I liked it this year. That's what I needed. So I was happy. Um, Good. Yeah. Whatever, you know, whatever works. I had more rest this year than normal, which um, you know, normally it's mostly activity and that can be exhausting and then come back and you're not at all rested. So it was a nice balance to get a little more rest in this year. Yeah. So no complaints there. And, you know, yeah. So here we are back we to are. Back to uh, back to the the business world, but back uh, the grind, yeah. I was, you know, I was going to say the grind, but I thought that sounded a little negative. So I, was, I don't know. Um, I guess it has a negative connotation, but it's like, yeah, back to. I mean, it's better than rat race, I guess. Well, it's funny. My last social activity was just this past weekend, and I was with a good cousins of mine and one of my cousins works for uh works for cbs she's a, in, a, in the pr department there and she turned to me and I, I we were both saying which day do you go back to work was it because she had the same sort of break and um i said tuesday and she said god i'm really wishing we went back monday and i looked at her funny and she said you know I, i'm just ready i'm ready for work to start again and now now granted she has young children so i think that was like driving her berserk but uh <laughs> But it was funny. Her perspective was that that work was less taxing than taking care of these children. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't quite have that perspective, but I'll admit I felt ready to hit the ground running. Like, I, I think that was part of the goodness of the break was like being ready to get back, not to all the bad parts, but I think to some of the good parts, like doing volley with you, of course. So. Absolutely. So, well, we're, pr we're pretty ambitious to get the year rolling. We've got some big topics to talk about over the next two episodes of volley. So why don't you uh, kick it off for us? Yeah. So we thought that we'd kick off uh, the new year with a two part episode here uh, that you and I had sort of been building after we put out our outlook last year. So our mm -hmm. outlook that we put out every year always has 10 different trends and those trends cover a lot of ground and it's all over the technology industry, but they tend to be kind of focused. So we're looking at, you know, what's going to happen with cloud computing or what's going to happen with the workforce. You know, even when some of them are big macroeconomic topics, we still focus in on one part of it. Yeah. And I think after we got done with that and we were looking at the way that the year was winding up, we started talking about where the technology industry was uh, and thinking a lot about and reading a lot about what had happened with the technology industry for a kind of a 15 year period, starting in about 2007 and running through about last year. Uh, and, and what were these different factors that had kind of shaped the technology industry where most of them were changing? And so it felt like the technology industry was kind of at this inflection point and everything that we had seen for the past 15 years was good and it had been part of the journey but things were gonna change. Uh, and I don't know that we know exactly what it's going to look like, but I think we can identify those things that really defined the industry over the past 15 years 
And that's what we wanted to talk about uh, over these two episodes. So mm -hmm. it's going to be two parts, you know, one this week, one in a couple weeks. And we've got four different factors and we're going to look at two each week. Uh, anything to add on to that? No, I think you've covered it pretty well. I, I, you know, I think the the idea that we're at an inflection point is is totally accurate. Um, I think the last 15 years have been very interesting. They've been um, a bit euphoric, I would say, for the tech industry um, on many, many fronts, both innovation, financial, economic. Um, and, and I do see us at a point now where we're going to see tr a tremendous amount of change, both hopefully for the good and, and perhaps some for the not so good. Um, but it, it'll be good to kind of recap, you know, why the last 15 years were so such a high, I, I think. Um, we can point to certain product developments um, and, and different paradigm shifts that we saw over the last 15 years from cloud to the iPhone. And I know we'll talk about that, um, you know, to the availability of money and credit and, ca and free flow of cash, which really enabled a lot of innovation and a lot of people to play around and a lot of interesting economic models, I think, for companies um, that we may see some changes in, or we're definitely going to see some changes around as we enter the year. So I think you summed it up pretty well, my friend. All right. Well, why don't we why don't we jump in then? I think the first thing, the biggest thing at the highest level that really happened over the past 15 years is that technology moved from maybe kind of a mid-tier industry in terms of its revenue and in terms of especially its impact into potentially the biggest player in the world. Um, I, you know, right now you look at the top companies by market cap and four out of the top five are technology companies, but I think it goes beyond those revenue numbers and, and talking about impact, which is something that we've talked about in the outlook for the past two years is it's not just, you know, the dollars that are get, getting spent directly on technology products or technology services. It's the way that technology influences a lot of other decisions, a lot of other industries, uh, workforce issues, kind of everything. It's, it's in everything. And I, I'm really interested to hear your perspective on this because I was working at IBM uh, through most of the first decade of the 2000s. Uh, so I was in the technology industry, but doing something very focused, you know, chip development. You had a, a bit of a broader picture, I think, uh, in, in the work that you were doing before CompTIA. Uh, and, and so I'd, I'd be interested to hear you kind of talk about your perspective on how the technology industry changed, especially starting around 2007 for the next 15 years after that. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. I mean, the best way for me to kind of describe that change is really, it's almost as if, and to kind of boil it down to, or to make it small for specific to the tech industry, it's as though we moved from a very tactical and product centric, um, you know, bits and bytes, pieces and parts of what technology was to technology itself being um, a paradigm or a, it's something that was so pervasive as a concept um, and that it was no longer simply a tool that was part of every business's kind of tool chest in addition to everything else that they use to run their engine, but was really the engine in, in, in itself. And, and I know that that kind of sounds a little bit um, out there, um, trying to think of a better way to articulate it. But if I look at back on what I used to cover and, and think about, you know, from the, you know, the channel and the tech industry specifically, it was very much about uh, a company that made X product, and how X product was marketed and sold 
through a channel to the customer who bought X product. And it was all about that particular thing that moved from here to there. Today, I think it's really so, so much less about that individual product. And it is about how the digital world and all of technology, the pieces, parts, and the people that, that work in technology um, fit together to create some sort of outcome that might ne not necessarily uh, be defined as a technology outcome, but be a business outcome or uh, some other, um, some other um, a goal or attainment that a company is trying to get to, whether that's financial um, or, uh, or whether it's internal with their workforce or something productivity-wise. Um, but technology now is kind of an underpinning um, for bigger aspirations and less about like the cool thing that we used to build, if that makes sense to you. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that's a really interesting way of putting it. And I that might be a thread that kind of runs through this entire discussion over these next two episodes. But I, I think that the implication then, you know, if you're not talking about products, but you're talking about second order effects and, and how yeah. this impacts everything, that's why it's important to talk about because the level of scrutiny or the level of regulatory activity on the technology industry is so much greater today than it was in 2007. And I think that's because of the reasons we're talking about here. And that is one of the main reasons why technology as an industry or you know companies that are working in technology, their products or services aren't going to be able to just continue because it's not just about building your product. It's now how about how your product impacts the environment or society or whatever. And I, I think we've seen this before. I mean, th this is kind of analogous to other industries that might have grown up. So I think we'll probably make some other comparisons to industries as we go here, uh, especially like the car industry. So, you know, the cars are something that gets regulated now, not just because of the product itself, but because of how that product operates at mass scale and how it impacts the environment uh, or construction and things like that. So yeah. I think technology is in the same space. I, I think back like to when you talked about regulation, um, you know, to let's go back to the days when the, the big Microsoft Internet Explorer to do. OK, so they were bundling Internet Explorer, the browser into the Windows, the operating system. And this was just considered like, you know, completely sacrilegious at the time. It made Microsoft a monopoly. They were putting a browser in. What about all those poor browser players like Netscape out there? Um, dating myself tremendously here, but um, but that was very specific. It was like, what are we regulating here? And it, to go back to the product analogy, it was like this operating system tied to this browser, and maybe we should break it up. And it was a very specific problem to think about. Now, to what you're saying, to extend that to what you're saying, in today's day and age, thinking about regulation isn't quite that simple. It's not about what the you know the bundling of this browser to this operating system is going to do to uh, to this particular company, um, it's more about what uh, something that you do with the products is going to do to a society as a whole. There's, you know, I think about social media and how you regulate that. Well, when you think about it, you don't even really think about social media as a product, but it really, really is something that needs to be thought about in terms of what the impact is going to be on society, not just on technology industry, but on all of us as users and people and countries and geopolitically and everything else. How do you regulate that? That's not as simple as, you know, the, you know, the, the Department of Justice, you know, leveling, levying some sort of decision that Microsoft, you have to, you know, de-entangle, you know, 
your your browser from your operating system. That's our ruling. Boom. Right. It, it, it's much more complicated when you get to what we're talking about in today's types of um, technological tools and platforms that are being used. Yeah. And so I think that's the first big thing, right, is the industry has grown up. That's great. Um, congratulations. Now you have to worry about all these other things and the spotlight is going to be on you and, and you're not going to be able to make a decision without thinking a little bit about what are the second order effects going to be? What are the ripple effects of this going to be? You know, how is data privacy going to get handled? All of these things. You, you can't yeah. just, to your point, build the product anymore. I think you have to think about all of these things. Uh, so that's, I think, the first really big thing that shaped the past 15 years and is now changed and is going to create the shape of the next 15 years. And I, I think going along with that, the second one that we want to focus on in this episode is what was happening economically during this time. So over the past year, everyone's talked about you know what's going on with inflation and what the Fed is doing to interest rates and, and how this is stuff that we haven't seen you know since the 70s or the early 80s. But what the Fed did you know, to interest rates and what the economy was doing right after 2007, 2008, which is when we got the introduction of the iPhone, we got introduction of web services, uh, consumer space and technology started blowing up more than ever before, and the economy crashed. And to, uh, to deal with that, the Federal Reserve here in the US and then other central banks dropped their interest rates to zero which had never been done. You know, you, you look at the interest rates charts and it hit the bottom for five or six years there and it, that had never been the case. So you've got this environment where technology is suddenly becoming more important, more powerful, more woven into society and there's free money. And so companies are springing up all over the place with ideas, venture capital is flowing all over the place. And there were a lot of business models that sprang up that have kind of proven to maybe not be the strongest, right? I think what a lot of companies were doing were saying, I'm going to build to scale and then I'm somehow going to monetize that scale. And some of the companies were able to do that, yeah. but some weren't. And there's a variety of reasons why they weren't. But I think all of those reasons have kind of played out now. And I, I think there's going to be a lot less tendency now for venture capital or an entrepreneur to look at something and say, okay, my play is that I can get all of this capital and I'm going to get to scale and then I'm going to figure it out. I, I don't think that that appetite is there right now. And maybe it won't be gone forever, but I think it's going to be gone for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I mean, the Amazons of the world were able to, they could afford to operate profitless for years on end because they were growing and expanding on a revenue front like this giant tentacle to octopus, you know, and, and it was something we had never seen before. Um, other companies, smaller startups trying to replicate that in the era of monopoly money, you know, everybody had it, um, didn't work out quite so well. And I think your point about business models is spot on. I mean, you look at a company like Uber and, and, you know, its business model was, you know, a darling at the time. You're like, wow, this is the coolest thing ever. And, and, and it gets into that another area we could talk about at another time about blurring the lines between what's a tech company and what's not a tech company. It's more of a transportation company, but that business model could be an example of something that's fraying, you know, it's like, well, was it a good idea or not? But regardless, I think the net effect here is going to be we're not going to see this free flow of money right now, not for the foreseeable future. And could it could go one of two ways or it could go both ways, I suppose. My big question is, you know, will innovation be squelched because, you know, the small 
entrepreneurial, smart, you know, little companies will no longer have access to cash to enable them to do their thing and then and then bring it to scale or try to grow it. Um, or will it actually just weed out all of those millions of entrepreneurial small companies that had really pretty bad ideas, but you had all the money to try to put these bad ideas into play and only the good ones will survive. And maybe that's what we need. And we'll have a crop of very good ideas, but much far fewer of, of them at the bottom of the pyramid trying to trying to grow. Um, because I think with, with that free money came a lot of really not so great ideas for technologies, for business models, as you said, and for other things. And maybe we dispense with that and only the good survive here. Yeah, I think we're going to talk about innovation again in the next episode as well. And I, I think that's a really interesting thing to think about, you know, moving forward for, for some of the reasons that we've talked about today and some of the reasons we'll talk about next time. I don't think innovation is going to go away. I think you have to kind of qualify innovation and say, well, what, what do you mean by that? You know, do you, do you mean something that's going to be the next billion dollar idea or it looks like the next billion dollar idea, but then it proves to not be sustainable. I, I think we are probably in a, in a good space for more sustainable innovation so that it'll get more scrutiny, you know, both from, you know, maybe a regulatory standpoint, a financial standpoint, unit economics, and there will be innovation and it, it might be having to deal with different constraints than it did before. So it mm -hmm. won't be as free flowing. There won't be as much, you know, things that are making headlines all the time. But I think the things that come out will be built on technology that's been created over the past 15 years. And it will be looking forward to a future where people are asking these questions a lot more regularly. Uh, and so, again, th there will be innovation that will look a little different, but it might prove to be more sustainable. Yeah, I mean, like the car industry, I think what we've got, what we're seeing here is the trajectory of a, a classic industry traje trajectory from startup, you know, the young, young one on, uh, you know, on the scene um, that has now matured. And I think technology industry, obviously, given its heft and influence and, you know, just financial weight in in the broader economic sphere right now has matured to the point where we've moved from um, that entrepreneurial kind of startup mentality. And if you think about, you know, who would run a company, that kind of big thinker type to more of a managerial role type of, and, and I think in this economy post pandemic where there's uncertainty uh, and the money is constrained more than it used to be, I think we're going to, we're going to go through a period where the companies are less likely to be looking for the next iPhone development and the next huge hit it out of the park. I mean, I'm sure they'll they'll still be percolating that in the background, but a lot more companies and I talk to you know to people in companies all the time. You know, are going to be looking at ways to shore up what they do today, be better at it, be more efficient at it, and and pad the bottom line. Be you think more about less about huge revenue growth with the next big thing and more about profitability growth with it doing things well that they do today. Yeah. And there's going to be not as exciting or sexy, but actually a good way to do business. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think there's going to be a workforce implication too, right? Yeah. You know, we we've seen over the past um, four or five, six months, you know, a lot of technology companies that are trimming back their workforce. Yeah. And I think we've talked on the podcast, we, you and I both done some interviews around people that are saying like, well, is the entire tech workforce going to get trimmed down? And it's like, no, you know, th this is, this is more of an industry thing and, and technology workers are still going to be needed in lots of different industries. Those are, these are two different things, but a lot of the layoffs that we're seeing were because companies were, were growing based off of the money that they were getting based off of what was happening in the pandemic. 
And I think some of that strategy just hasn't completely played out. And that's not good or bad. That's just kind of a thing. That's part of business, right? You make bets, things happen, circumstances change, and and you have to readjust. But I think there was kind of this mentality of of constant growth you know of, of yeah. constant good things happening everything was always going to be up and to the right and now it's not and and so there has to be some readjustment I think there has to be you know a little bit of reconciling and kind of coming back to a normal trend line that will probably eventually continue to grow um, but some of these uh, really speculative things that that got thought of and, yeah. and bets that companies were making are probably going to get ratcheted back a little bit Yep. I think that's a good reality check to um, use as an endpoint here. And I'm looking forward to our next, the next part of this discussion. Uh, but I think that was a good set the table for what we're going to talk about in the next episode. Yeah, I think so. So, sure. um, all right. Well, it was great to be back talking with you again. Uh, we'll, we'll have a full year of volley episodes I uh, got a few thank yous to, to pass out. We've got a little bit of new branding uh, for the podcast. Yes, you know, the first yeah. first bit of new branding that we've ever had since we designed the logo all those many years yeah, ago. We're dusting so, ourselves off here. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. Huge thanks to our marketing team and our creative team for helping us with the new branding there. We've got a few other ideas that are maybe going to come down the pipe this year as we work with some of the internal teams. So we're pretty excited about those. Uh, and our thank you for production today goes to uh, Leanne Van Wagner, because uh, Andrea, our regular producer, is still enjoying vacation. She's still at the place where you and I were at a week ago. Okay, so. well, well, we'll get her. We'll get her in a couple weeks. But uh, thank you, Leanne. And thank you, Carolyn. It was good to see you again. So I will look forward to continuing this conversation next time. Sounds great. See you later.